What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are still staying safe. I hope y'all are still taking all the precautions you know you ought to do during these coronavirus periods. And guys, your boy is about to live up to the words that he speaks on this podcast on a regular basis. I finally did it. Finally got myself an appointment. And went to sign up and got myself an appointment for this vaccine. So your boy is about to take this vaccine. And it's going to hurt, man. It's going to hurt. I saw my roommate. He got his vaccine. And it just, it was not a pretty sight. He was in pain. He had a fever. And he was telling me, like, just to look forward to it. And I'm like, I don't really want to. I don't want I don't want to take this vaccine and then just be on my couch for the next how many days because I took a vaccine shot. Like, I, I don't need that problem. I don't need that problem. I want to take this vaccine. And then the very next day, I need to be able to play soccer because I'm not about to be limited because of some vaccine and some drug that they shut up in my arm. I don't want those problems. I don't want those problems at all. But speaking of life going back to normal because of the vaccine, Texas, Texas, you know, Texas has been all the way back to normal for a long time now. Uh, Texas and uh, Texas had the largest gathering since the lockdown went into effect last year. The Texas Rangers opening game had 38,238 people in the stands that's about 95% of global life fields capacity which is the Texas um, Rangers Stadium when they do it big when they do it they do it real big in Texas so now we have the perfect case study to see if we really are at a point where we can say that we are stopping the spread the spread from growing any further so we have about 38,000 people that went for this game which means there'll be about probably 1.2 million people that they'll come in contact with so I'm just like now we get to see how is that is it gonna are we gonna see a spike in cases we're already seeing a slight spike in cases so it's just gonna be interesting to see how this plays out because the other thing was nobody wore a mask like very few people were wearing masks at the baseball game so it's gonna be very very interesting to see how this plays out but nevertheless we are slowly getting back to normal as a matter of fact um joe biden announced that every state will be forced to not force but every state will open up the ability for anybody to go ahead and get a shot of this coronavirus vaccine um starting i believe it's on the 16th that most people will be able to get access to it so if you have the opportunity to get it maybe get it if you want to get it you don't necessarily have to get it because most other people who are in a rush to get it will go ahead and get it and then we'll have herd immunity and then the virus won't have people to play host and just jump from person to person but i would still advise if you have the ability to get it and you don't have any adverse reactions to vaccines or anything like that maybe plan to get it just for the benefit of those that you may come in contact with but again to each his own i'm glad that we saw a report from the white house where they're like we're not trying to make any kind of vaccine passport or anything like that if people want to get it they're going to get it we just have to talk to them in a way that makes people want to get it but anyway speaking of getting the economy back the u.s economy added 916,000 jobs almost a million jobs in march marking the third consecutive month increase and the largest single month increase since last August. Job growth came across near nearly every major category, with the greatest gains coming from leisure and hospitality, which has been the most battered industry due to the pandemic. It added 280 
thousand jobs. On the other hand, the unemployment rate fell from 6.2% to 6%. The thing is, we still have to look a little bit deeper because although that looks like really good numbers, the thing we have to look at is look a little bit deeper at the numbers. Like I always like to say to y'all, the unemployment rate doesn't tell the full picture. Like you will see the headlines everywhere where it's like, oh, we, we added almost a million jobs last month. But when you look a little bit deeper of the 20 plus million jobs that were lost in March, and in April of 2020, 8.4 million have yet to be recovered. So we're still underwater about 8 million jobs. And the number of Americans who've been out of work for at least six months increased last month. Meaning that although we added a lot of jobs, there's still a lot of missing positions. There's still a lot of missing uh, jobs for people who had jobs before and now they're working a part-time role. Or maybe some people had a full position before. Now they're just kind of doing whatever it takes to get by during this during this period of time. However, there is some good news on the jobs front. Apparently, employers are having a really difficult time filling openings. Taco Bell is holding interviews in parking lots around the country, hoping to add 5,000 positions, hoping to fill 5,000 different positions. Airlines are having to cancel flights because there are no pilots. And the question you ask is, how can we be having both 8.4 million people be unemployed and at the same time have positions not being able to be filled? The problem is, when companies scaled back last during the summer last year, they scaled all the way back. And so now to be able to fill in those positions is not just like turning a, a switch. It's not just like flipping a switch and then the light bulb just goes off in your house. It doesn't work that way. It takes time for everything to start for those for those wheels to start turning again, for those gears to start moving in the way that they need to move. So there's hopefully this is a good sign that there are jobs to be had. There are positions to be had. Also, we hit a milestone of the highest manufacturing output in near in decades. We'll talk about that later on in the podcast. But the point is, all of this are good signs of what is to come for the economy. At least that is the hope that economists are projecting that if we have this many positions, it means that there will be jobs for people and there will be a high demand for people. So it's going to be good. But however, just like me, after Christmas and Thanksgiving, after eating a whole lot of good food in my mama's house, it's kind of hard to go from the couch to the bedroom and we end up just passing out on the couch because it's, it's a hard move, man. Getting up the couch and going to the bedroom, the itis be hitting hard. But it's the same way with the economy. You can't just scale back and let a lot of people go and then all of a sudden switch a flip a switch and then everything goes back to normal. It, it takes a lot of time. Moving on from there, when governments stay silent on an issue, corporations tend to stand up and represent. And when corporations stay silent on an issue, sports fill that void of the positions that our leadership should be taking. So during the World Cup qualifiers last week, three international soccer teams took to the field with a clear message to send. Human rights is for everyone was the message that they all they all wanted to send. Germany was one of the teams and they had a they had shirts that they put on for human rights, just standing up for human rights. And the message was directly to the directed to the locations of the 2022 Winter Olympics, Olympic Games, which will be held in Beijing, and also to the 2022 World Cup Games, which will be in Qatar. Both countries have been known to have issues of treating internationals in their countries. And in China, treating nationals that just don't agree with the general thing. So we've spoken in the past about how Uyghur Muslims 
are basically in concentration camps and some of the things that have been done to them where now it's been classified as a genocide and so we've spoken about we've spoken about that in the past also in qatar the way that they treat internationals is just not on par and so now we're starting to see sport athletes actually rise up and speak up about some of the issues that they're seeing especially in the places that they're going to go play some sports now with anything actually happen it's unknown because there isn't much change that's going to actually happen unless dollars start to talk because at the end of the day as we've talked about in the past money talks everything else walks and if sponsors don't uh do anything about the about what is being discussed and about everything that's going on in the nations in these different countries then nothing is going to change much because also the sponsors want to do business in these countries as well we've talked about in the past where china basically just like destroyed out the nba because of what one man tweeted tweeted or how china is right now is having a huge backlash against nike against h&m because of just a one person in h&m taking a stance and saying that we don't agree with what's going on with the uyghur concentration camps and china basically just blacklisted h&m and then h&m had to come out and be like well you know we didn't really mean to say that and all this other stuff and so that's something that to keep an eye on it's very hard for any business to actually take any hard stance because at the end of the day a business always wants their dollars Looks like we will be heading back to the office a lot sooner than we expected. A number of big corporations have began to announce time periods for people to begin to return to the office. Google said that it's moving up its reopening plan to allow a limited number of workers back this month. Goldman Sachs is already telling interns that, yo, if you thought you were going to be working from home, think again, you're going to be back in this office like tomorrow. Wells Fargo said that Labor Day is the opening day for all its offices. And Amazon said, enough is enough of this laissez-faire approach. We want you to deliver yourselves back to our office in fall. So around the same time that Wells Fargo will be going back in fall. However, not all companies are going to be going in this route. Not all companies expect to see everybody back working full time, 40 hours a week at their desk in an office. A lot of companies are expecting for things to be more in a hybrid model and they're embracing that hybrid model where sometimes you're gonna be in the office and sometimes you're gonna be at home. Citigroup CEO Jane Frazier plans for things to look like three days in the office and two from wherever you want because when you say work from home really it's work from anywhere microsoft is already allowing some workers back in the office with part-time remotes becoming the standard either way expect life to look extremely differently whenever we head back into the office it's not going to look exactly the same way we're going to also things are just going to be different expect to see a lot more meeting areas expect to see a lot more rooms with zoom cameras and screens everywhere and expect to have a whole lot less personal space because as less people are working in an office there's less need for companies to have real estate and everybody to have their own cube so i expect to have a lot more shared workstations when you go back to your office full time at least that's what i expect when i go back to my job full-time being in an office or at least when offices open back up apparently we all want to go back to the theaters apparently we're not scared to go back in the theaters and people really are jonesing to get their butts back in the theater seat godzilla vs kong brought in 9.6 million dollars on opening day and that is after 122 $23 million dollars in overseas weekend box office which broke the pandemic era of box office sales 
it brought it brought in about 32.2 million dollars over the entire weekend making it the king of the pandemic era box office uh time viewing it broke the record that tenant set during its viewing and remember tenant when it released it was smack dab in the middle of the pandemic so even though the movie which is this is another thing that was kind of astonishing to read about was the movie was also released on hbo max for free to those who had a membership to hbo max however people really wanted to go to the theaters and see it on the big screen as they like to say one not to ever take an opportunity to kind of rain on somebody else's parade netflix announced in the same week that it is buying a movie called knives out i don't know if you guys remember that uh what was it it was a mystery flick about somebody who got killed and all this other stuff but anyway netflix is buying the ip for 450 million dollars this is to keep the pressure up and to keep people from leaving their homes so netflix is going right back at going to theaters and saying no 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 no, no. you ain't got to go to theaters we got more movies more options for you and you ain't got to pay for popcorn you ain't got to pay for gas you ain't got to pay to get some babysitters you ain't got to do all of that you're right at home you can watch it with the family so it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out but i think theaters are definitely going to come back to some degree they're definitely never going to look the way that they did in the past but they will be back to some degree we're going to have more specialized theaters i believe where it's more comfortable and it's not just those crappy seats you're going to have more uh reservations when you're going to theaters you're going to have more lean back seats the nice theater experience is actually going to become more standard and more normal for most people and most of other theaters are probably going to shut down because they're just not going to be able to afford to continue to have these high ticket prices or even these high food costs while keeping operations the same way when most people can just stay at home they already have a netflix subscription they already had a disney subscription but it's going to be interesting to see how the theater world transforms itself because people are still definitely interested in going out to see some movies moving on from there and we're now going to talk about the u.s manufacturing it hit its highest level in 37 years apparently all the noise about like oh it's cheaper to take labor elsewhere it's cheaper to do work and outside of the united states yeah all of that flew out the window because at the end of the day it's all about supply and demand and right now demand is at all-time high and supply is pretty low so all of that stuff of oh we're gonna take our factory elsewhere and a lot of that stuff is coming back home of course we also have the whole issue of de-globalization that's going on as well so a lot of jobs are coming back to the united states we're hearing a lot more reports of plants making uh, building plants in the united states because of course the government with this infrastructure bill that was announced last week part of that is going to incentivize businesses to stay in the united states now speaking of a lot of problems automakers had a great first quarter even with all the stuff of chip uh, supply shortages we had toyota who reported a 22 percent increase in sales in the first quarter and also hyundai reporting a 28 percent increase in sales in the first quarter now the thing you have to think about for car manufacturers is the first quarter is usually the slowest month of or slowest quarter of the year for any car manufacturer to make any sales so seeing that they are making these high time and high major sales it just shows the demand is there also tesla hit a record high a record high in the first quarter of sales of this year now speaking of electric vehicles 
Tesla electric vehicles, GM just announced that it will be launching an electric vehicle version of its popular GMC Silverado as they continue to double down on electric vehicles. Remember GM just announced the electric Hummer late last year? which will be released later this year. And now they're announcing the GMC Silverado. So GMC is really double downing on electric vehicles. It is really pushing to be a major force in the electric vehicle space, which I love to see. And I hope it keeps on going. Now, moving from the digital space or moving back to the digital world, let's talk a little bit about the Oracle versus Google lawsuit. Do you remember we talked about it once on the podcast, how Oracle and Google were fighting because Oracle believed that Google was stealing its infrastructure? Well, that lawsuit finally got closed. If you don't know what this lawsuit was about, Oracle sued Google for copyright infringement because Android uses a lot of codes from Java. If you don't know what Java is, Java is a a coding line uh, platform that a lot of people use to create a lot of apps and has been used for years and decade and decade and decade. But since Oracle bought the company that had Java, which was, I think, Sun, Sun something, Sun something, Sun chips, Sun microchips, something like that owned Java. But then Oracle bought Java. And the first thing that they did was go after Google. As soon as they bought Java, they went after Google and sued Google. And this case has been in court, I think, for like eight plus years or something like that. But it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Oracle, shut up. You guys are overstepping your boundaries on the copyright infringement. And basically, the good news from this whole thing is a lot of the apps that we use each and every single day will not get shut down or have to pay some kind of crazy amount of fine to Oracle because there is a lot of companies and a lot of apps that run on Java or was originally programmed on JavaScript. And so they're not going to have to pay all that stuff. So it's big news, especially for developers. And they won't have to go back and start trying to figure out how to rewrite their code or pay a massive amount of amount of uh, code. And you guys can keep using your apps as normal. For example, you can continue using this podcast app, which like me is not original. Just like I take a lot of news from different sources and I put it into an easily understood format that you can listen to while you're driving home or doing whatever it is that you want to be doing on a daily basis. Now, the final news that I got for y'all is the crypto market staying in the digital digital world. The crypto market and cryptocurrency cap uh, market cap hit a record of $2 trillion with Bitcoin market cap reaching $1.1 trillion. Now, talking about cryptocurrency, we got to talk about Coinbase. Coinbase, if you don't know what Coinbase is, it is one of the platforms that people use and I personally use to invest in cryptocurrencies or to buy cryptocurrencies. It revealed with its Q1 revenue for 2021 that it came in just over $1.8 billion for the 2021, for the beginning of this year. They also reported 56 million verified users and 6.1 million monthly users, which by themselves seem like, okay, what, what does that even mean? Well, let me put into perspective what it means when Coinbase reports these numbers. So I'm going to pull up a quick document just so everybody can understand why this is a big deal. So Coinbase, all of last year, reported a revenue of $1.1 billion. All of last year, reported revenue of $1.1 billion. And this year alone, just the beginning of this year, they've already had $1.8 billion. 
in the entirety of last year they ended up with 2.8 million users 2.8 was the most that they had last year the beginning of this year they're already at 6.1 million users monthly users 6.1 monthly users now on the other hand coinbase all of last year had a total of or actually you know what let me put it this way at the beginning of last year coinbase had 17 billion dollars in assets under management now they have 223 billion dollars in assets under management so this is a pretty massive deal also in net revenue all of last year they like i said earlier all of last year they had 1.1 billion in net revenue this year they're already at about 800 million dollars in net revenue the point is coinbase is growing faster than the weeds in your lawn that you've been trying to manicure and you're trying to take care of you used all kinds of products but it just won't go away it keeps on growing basically coinbase is growing that fast it is growing massively it has grown massively and basically the way you can think of coinbase is think of it's kind of like the shovel to the bitcoin gold instead of you buying if you want exposure to cryptocurrency and you want exposure to the crypto world but you don't really want to own any digital currencies you can just buy coinbase because it is selling the shovels that enables people to go dig up bitcoin so that's one of the cool things about this whole thing is there's a lot of people that want to own cryptocurrency or rather want exposure to the crypto space but don't want to invest in crypto directly and now they finally are going to have that opportunity when coinbase goes public on the 14th of april so think of it as the old times when gold people when people will buy gold miners rather than gold itself to kind of hedge their positions in certain things so let me know will you be investing in coinbase or will you be just investing in crypto as a whole this IPO, Coinbase's IPO next week is going to be massive, like extremely massive, massive, massive. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, hit that like button. If you enjoyed it, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to this on any other platforms, leave a review, let people know where you found this on and share it. Share this podcast with one, maybe two people. Share it with somebody you love, share it with somebody you hate. They need some some education as well, you know? And let me know what you thought about any of the things that we talked about on this podcast. But anyway, it's been your boy Kalechi. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Peace.